You're listening to The Air Attack with BC the Man on HasBeenSports.com. I know. I know. <laughs> What's up, guys? The Air Attack is brought to you by Fable Label. Come on, the timeless popularity of the T-shirt with modern, innovative designs allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now, so can you check them out at fablelabel.com with a shout-out to everybody down at Has Been Sports in Nashville, Tennessee. You can like the show at facebook.com slash Attack. Follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man Shout-out to everybody checking it out right now on Periscope. And you can also check the show out now every single week on SoundCloud or on blogtalkradio.com. So you got a lot of different options where to catch the show. Uh, a big week, obviously, with football, sports, everything else. We'll start off, though, with uh, this past week's Republican debate, which was pretty entertaining. I mean, it had to be. It was the most watched show ever in the history of CNN. So, look, if that many people are going to watch for that long, by the way, and three hours, as far as I'm concerned, is way too long to watch something like that. You know what? There had to be something to it. Um, obviously, Donald Trump was the biggest target. If you're a candidate and he's winning, you obviously have to go after him. CNN, you know, threw in their share of questions basically to try to bring him down a little bit, too. Um, a lot of it was just silliness. The Carly Fiorina, you know, comment about her face and whatnot is so, I mean, that is so inconsequential, I would think, to a presidential election. But they got that in there anyway. They definitely got that in there. They managed to trip up Donald Trump a couple times with foreign policy questions, which is something that's going to happen. And he's going to have to say, look, I'm not an expert on foreign policy. I'm not an expert on every terror group, but I will educate myself and I'll get the best people in here to teach me. I'll surround myself with a great staff, blah, blah, blah. He's kind of said that, but he, you know what? He kind of looked a little bit more uncomfortable, a little less bulletproof, if you will. Okay, um, they asked a question about his stance on vaccines where, you know, guys, he's standing next to Ben Carson, who is a pediatric neurologist. So Ben Carson probably knows a little bit more about Donald Trump than medicine and even made a joke about it. And, you know, basically what it came down to is Donald Trump is actually right that vaccines should be given in smaller doses. But he's completely wrong that vaccines cause autism, according to the guy who's standing right next to him, whose job it is to know this stuff. So there were a couple of questions that were a little bit loaded. You know, it was kind of. It was a little bit entertaining. Jeb Bush and Donald Trump going back and forth. Then you got Donald Trump and, and Ben Carson slapping high five. Uh, you know, Jeb Bush and Donald Trump slapping each other five. And then we get into the typical pol- pol- politician tearjerker stories where Marco Rubio wants to tell you about his family who came over on a raft and, you know, lived in a mud hut and blah, blah, blah. And everyone feels sorry for him and get the violins going. And then there's Chris Christie. Who wants to tell you a story about 9-11? This all comes up in the context of the 9-11 story, at least, comes up in the context of um, of talking about national security. Um, okay, and that's where the, that's where the Chris Christie uh, story comes up um, about 9-11. And he goes into the whole story about how he couldn't find his wife and how she was missing for a couple hours and blah, 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 and how... You know, it was really scary for him. And I said, okay, that's fine. And he goes, then I had to think, you know, what's it going to be like for me to be a single parent? And I'm like, Chris, wait a minute, stop. You already went so far as to take it so far that just because you couldn't find your wife for a few hours on 9-11, that she was dead. And then you went through the part of burying her and everything. Now you're moving on with your life already as a single parent? What are you fucking kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Seriously. I mean, my God. 
What are you thinking? Hey, man, I didn't fly the planes. You know what? I didn't kill her. I'm still alive. I have a life. I got to move on. I got to be a single parent now. I don't even know how to cook. I, I can't I can't take care of two kids all the time. Come on. Maybe my mom can take care of them. You know, the part about not being able to find his wife, I believe. I went through the same thing that day. Okay, I couldn't find my girlfriend for like three or four hours. She called me in the morning. You know, I mean, we talked. And I said, okay, get your ass over here. Because she lived a little bit north of me. She lived closer to the city. I said, just get down here and we'll figure it out when you, when you get down here. She was freaking out because she couldn't find her friend who worked in the World Financial Center. Who, A, turned out to be fine. And B was a total piece of trash anyway. I couldn't stand her. And I, that had a lot to do with why I just ended up leaving that whole situation. That's neither here nor there. But I couldn't get in touch with my girlfriend for like three, four hours. Instead of just getting in the car like I asked her to, or like I really told her to, she decided to sit home and try to find her girlfriend where you couldn't get through to anyone's phone or anything anyway. And then there were reports in the news of, you know, fighter jets over Bergen County. So I, I'm like, oh, my God, that's where my girlfriend lives. Come on, let's go. You know, where is she? Couldn't get in touch with her. I understand Chris Christie freaking out because he couldn't find his wife. But you really thought about being a single parent. You really took it that far about how hard your life's going to be after your wife's gone being a single parent. Come on, Chris. Stop it. And that story, everyone poked holes in that story anyway because they said he was not, I, I think he said he was appointed a federal prosecutor the day before, and apparently that wasn't true. It didn't happen until two months later. So a little bit of embellishment uh, by Marco Rubio and Chris Christie. Guys, this is what Donald Trump is trying to capitalize on. He's trying to get past all the bullshit. That's what he's trying to do. So I think those stories are really going to fall on deaf ears, especially if it comes out that, you know, maybe you're, you're painting a more artistic picture than you need to. People are tired of this. You know, they don't, that's not what they're into. And then on top of all this, you find out afterwards that Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush, George W. Bush's brother, George Herbert Walker Bush's son, stood on his tiptoes during the group photo just so he could look taller than everybody and spread his arms out so he could get some clearance. Jeb's story afterwards, no, I was just trying to get a look at my wife. I needed to make eye contact with my wife. Uh, Jeb, no. Nah. Sorry. Nice try. It was a good try. No. Not buying it. Uh, the other thing, uh, the other big TV event this past week, obviously the Emmys. I'm not sure Andy Samberg is a big enough star to be hosting something like that. I mean, is he really in the category of guys like Seth Meyers and, you know, Steve Martin, Ricky Gervais? I don't think he is. I know what Fox is doing. Fox is trying to promote its own show. That's part of the deal. That's part of the business. I understand all that. I get that. Um, if you're going to go after, you know, Donald Trump and um, the girl from Kentucky, her name is escaping right now, the girl from Kentucky that wouldn't sign the gay marriage, Kim Davis, wouldn't sign the gay marriage uh, licenses, you know, you got to come up with some more materials than that. I'm sorry. And I'm just going to say something right now. You want to go after Donald Trump? Go after Donald Trump. Go ahead. He, I mean, he, listen, he, open, he, opens, he opens himself up to it. It's okay. If you're going to go after Kim Davis, I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell you this right now. If Kim Davis was Muslim and not Christian, none of you phonies would be saying a fucking word about it. And you know, and you know damn well that that's the truth. Because you'd be afraid of being labeled Islamophobic. Okay? Muslim religion isn't exactly pro-gay. I'm just saying. They're not exactly what I would call gay-friendly. If Kim Davis was Muslim, you wouldn't say a fucking word about the fact that she didn't want to do it. Okay? Now, what they should have done with her is real simple. Said, listen, Kim, if you're uncomfortable, let's find you a different thing to do. Get the same salary, same benefits, same schedule. We'll find something else for you to do. Okay? It very well may be that she might have said, no, I want to keep my job. I just want to tell people no. Okay? Because she's getting a lot of publicity out of this, and eventually she probably gets a lot of money out of this. She's becoming sort of a rebel with a cause, if you will. 
So all of you are trying to vilify her and bring her down every time you mention her name. You make her just a little bit more relevant, whether you realize it or not, whether that's your intention or not. You're making her just a little bit, just a little bit more relevant, okay? And you're taking it to a point now where uh, where this girl is now basically a household name, okay? And that's just all there is to it. So I, I don't know why he has to bring that up at the Emmys, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the two big stories, Viola Davis, best actress, decided to now make it about the opportunities for African-American or women of color in Hollywood, okay? I know a long time ago it was pretty bad. I mean, it's not like it was, though, in the 80s, where it was like Claire Huxtable and Tootie from the Facts of Life, and that was it. Okay, there's scandal, there's empire, there's power. Okay, yes, are the numbers skewed? Absolutely. Okay, it's it's Viola Davis' speech. She won the award. She can say what she wants. She can feel how she wants. Okay, and a lot of people you know refer to her as a drama queen saying she was playing it up. Well, a drama queen, that's the award she won. She won the Emmy for actress in a drama. She literally was a drama queen for the night. So if she wanted to act like that on stage, she could do whatever she wants. She has that right. And I respect her for saying what she felt. I respect her for saying what she wanted to and having the guts to say it. Okay? I could have done without the Harriet Tubman reference. Okay? I'm just saying, Viola, Harriet may have had it a little tougher than you. Just, mm, maybe. Just a little bit. That, may, that might have been a little over the top. And I think that's where she might have lost a little bit of credibility. Again, I respect the fact Viola Davis went out there and said what was on her mind. Okay, wasn't afraid to say it. She took some heat from it from some people. Shockingly, she took a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, compliment from this and a lot of praise on Twitter and social media, if you could imagine that. If you could imagine an actress mentioning women's rights and civil rights in the same speech and getting praise for it in Hollywood, imagine that. Um, book deal to follow. Okay. Not bad for her. The other moment, and this, this is kind of a tough one, Tracy Morgan did kind of fuck up a little bit. Now, remember something, guys. The guy was in a coma for a few days. Okay, but... You know what? He makes a joke, and it was a funny joke about waking up. He said something along the lines of, hey, when I woke up, I was just glad that it wasn't me who was at fault. That is funny. It was a funny joke. But waking up, you know, if you're going to talk about that, that also had to remind you of finding out that your buddy and your mentor, who you're supposed to be really tight friends with, was dead. And he didn't even, I mean, he didn't just, he made no mention of it. He, did, he made zero mention of it. And apparently the guy's family had a bit of an issue with it, which I, I do understand. I, I can't... I, listen, it's hard to go tough on Tracy because of everything he's been through. And maybe he's not 100% there, you know, mentally. You know, maybe that's maybe that's part of it, okay? I understand why people had an issue with him not mentioning his, his, his buddy who died. I totally understand that. I can't say I don't. Um, not his best moment. Not his best moment at all. And I and I, I know I know, but like I said, it's very tough to be. It's very tough to go hard on him because everything he's been through. It really is. But if that were me, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I would have mentioned the person. If I'm going to make a joke about a crash, even if that crash injured me, if I'm going to make a joke about that crash, I'm going to have to also mention somebody else who was in that crash that passed away. That's what I'm going to have to do. I think I mean, that's, that's just me. I mean, I'm not going to see her make a, make a joke. And it was a funny joke. I'm not going to make a joke about a crash that took me out of commission for you know better part of a year. But not mention the guy who died. If, you know, I got a. There's a, there's a, there's room for both. Put it that way. There is room for both. Yeah, Tracy. You know what? Maybe he fucked up. So what? You know, it's okay. It, it is again. It's very very tough to go hard on him because of everything else with him. Um, before we get to the football stuff and a little bit of baseball, the Patrick Kane thing. I was going to talk about this a little bit. Um, and as I'm recording the show, I'm recording the show one day late today. I'm a little under the weather, so. Um, 
it's coming out a day late. I wasn't going to spend a lot of time doing research on it. The story just broke that um, they're apparently now the rape kit was tampered, was tampered with, and that a bag that used to contain the rape kit was left on the doorstep of the mother of the accuser, which to me is absolutely unheard of. I've never heard of something like that before in my life. I mean, I don't know if anybody's heard of that. This is absolutely absurd. So this has gone from now a very ugly case, which obviously, look at the subject matter. It's an ugly case. I mean, it's, you know, someone's, he's been accused of rape. Either, you know, he did it, so there's something really wrong there, or he didn't do it, and there's something really wrong with him being accused of it. There's something wrong here. There's something really ugly. And, you know, for all you people on Twitter that want to jump down Patrick Kane's throat already and call him a rapist, you don't know what the fuck happened, okay? You've had guys' lives ruined because of shit like this. Remember the kid Banks from USC? Right? The Falcons gave him a tryout last year, okay, because some girl in high school decided she was going to accuse him of raping her. It's happened. It happens all the time. Now, I'm not saying don't take the victim seriously. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. So don't don't paint me with that brush either. I just, it's, un, it's an ugly, tough situation that you have to let play out, and you got to get a hold of the evidence. Unfortunately, here's the evidence now. Apparently, it has been completely compromised. And this is a big fucking deal. And someone's got to pay for this now. You know, someone's got to get to the bottom of what exactly happened here. You know, in the Ryan Braun case, we were just talking about using steroids to hit a baseball a little bit further. Okay? A guy lost his job and his career was fucked up because Ryan Braun went after him because the guy somehow faltered in terms of the chain of custody. And that was that big of a deal. You're talking about a rape kid here? A rape case? And you got someone fucking around with that? And they said the bag that was left on the mother's doorstep had the signatures of the nurses, the lab techs, and all that kind of stuff, and that it's the real deal. So there is something now. This has gone from being ugly to being ugly plus bizarre. And I don't know if this is just some insane tactic by the attorney for the accuser or if this really, really happened. But someone here has done something horrible, and I don't have time. You know, at this point, I don't, I don't know that we'll find out for a little while. You know, either way, which, what exactly is going on here? So usually when someone says the evidence has been tampered with, you know who that is? You know who does that? People who don't like what the evidence says. And when in, in this, you know, CS, CSI DNA-based world where you can kind of exonerate somebody or basically nail them to the cross with the evidence, usually it's the, it's the person who's on the wrong side of the evidence that says, wait a second, the evidence was tampered with. But this would be, to make, a, 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 to make an accusation like this and pull a stunt like this would be insane on the part of the accuser and her attorney. And you'd hope no one would go through those lengths. But what's the other scenario? The other scenario is that somebody in that lab went and fucked with this. This is I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you could make the case, hey, maybe it was a big Patrick Kane fan. Maybe it's a big Blackhawks fan in that lab. I have no idea. I, mean, I, have, I have no idea. But I mean, to be honest with you, it is, as, it is as crazy and as bizarre as anything I've ever heard of. I mean, and I'm not some kind of, look, I'm not some kind of legal expert. I'm, not, I'm certainly not a science expert. I'm not, you know, a criminal expert. But tearing open a rape kit? And then why would you leave the bag on the mother's door? Like, why would anybody do that? This makes, this makes absolutely no sense. And I, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to speculate what this is. I'm not going to sit here and say, I have a theory for what exactly happened here. Cause I tell you what, you got me. I came with a couple, a couple possibilities for you, but I can't sit here and tell you, I know exactly what happened here. This is too wild for me to even comprehend. It is. And I can't sit here and really joke about it because again, of the nature of the type of case we're talking about here. All I know is something's really wrong. That's what I know. There's something very rare wrong going on here. Really bad.
I'm sure next week we'll have something more to go on here. But uh, you got to be kidding me. I got to tear open the rape kit. Wait, did the rape kit open and then leave the bag on the mother's front door? Why would someone do that? <laughs> leave it on the mother's front door? What are you, crazy? Someone, I tell you what, you're dealing with at least one insane person. I, I, can, I can tell you that much. Okay, but you know what? Still, you know what? Reserve, reserve, listen, guys, reserve judgment for Patrick Kane until some more evidence comes out. I promise you, if you got some evidence that nails him on this case, you'll have the rest of your lives to go ahead and scream and yell about what a piece of garbage he is. But you're not going to be able to take it back if, God forbid, he didn't do this. That's all I'm saying. It's literally the worst thing you can accuse a guy of doing. That's, that's the worst thing you can accuse a guy of doing. I, I'm just telling you. That's just... You know, I've never had to go through that myself. I've had a couple girls kind of make, you know, silly accusations about me being inappropriate or hitting on them. Even that wasn't true. But I've never been accused of something like this. Uh, you know, it, it's just... It, it, listen, it, it doesn't matter if the guy did it or not did it. You know, if a girl accuses him of that, he's going to stick with him big time. And obviously it's a distraction for the Blackhawks, but that's really, that's sort of back burner in terms of the priority right now. But I, it's just amazing. It, it, it's actually just, tur- it's turned an ugly case into a, into a, now a almost surreal kind of thing. Like where you just can't believe this shit, but it's, but you know, it's going on right now. So we'll see if these reports are true. We'll get some clarification and we'll kind of go from there. Um, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Most likely we will. Okay. Let's get to some of the, uh, the football stuff from the last week. First of all, the Thursday night game from last week, the Chiefs and Broncos was an absolute embarrassment for Andy Reid. Um, I don't want to hear about being aggressive in the, at the end of the first half. You're up 14-7 on the Broncos. It's been a defensive struggle. You're only up 14-7 because you had a pick six there. And you had a chance to keep Peyton Manning and his, and his offense off the field for about an hour. Okay. And let them cool off. Let your your crowd get into it. You were getting the ball in the second half. I understand that Alex Smith made a bad throw. I understand the end of the game, Jamal Charles shouldn't have fumbled there, but you know what? You got to get your team together there, Andy Reid. I'm sorry. Uh, your clock, your management at the end of both halves cost your team a game that they should have won. I mean, it should have won easily. And I'm not just saying that because I picked them on the air last week. I'm not just saying that. Okay? That game should have been 14-7 at halftime, okay, and then some. Okay? You gave him a free touchdown there. You gave him a touchdown at the end of the game. You, 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 you cost yourself at least two field goal opportunities. I mean, give me a break. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And in a week where that kind of set the tone for a crazy week where a lot of survivor pools are already over after week two because the Bucks beat the Saints and because the Ravens lost to the Raiders and because the Dolphins lost to the Jaguars, etc. The Rams uh, losing to the Redskins was another one. And people just saying, you know what? Uh, there's no way these teams can lose, blah, blah, blah. And now there's a lot of these survivor pools are absolutely done. Um, all I can tell you is, you know what? It's week one, week two. Those are always crazy weeks. Um, the Colts are 0-2, who, who actually may have a little problem. Because the, I tell you what, if their offensive line is not going to protect Andrew Luck, they're in for a tough year. I know they're beat up in the secondary, so that's a, that's a, that's a, big, that's a big problem too. But they're not going to protect their quarterback. You know, you've seen it with a bunch of different quarterbacks. When the quarterback's not being protected, unless he's Aaron Rodgers or someone real special, like that, he's going to have real problems. And Andrew Luck is a pocket stand-up passer. He's not. He's not. You know, he's not a running mobile quarterback. So the Colts now 0-2 and in big trouble. And how about the Seahawks? How about the Seahawks at 0-2 themselves? Um, you know, just how it is. Um, now they 0-2 both games on the road, and then they go against the Bears, who are now 0-2 after two games at home. The Bears might be in for a little bit of a. Uh, of a, of, a, of a tough time on Sunday as the Seahawks also get Cam Chancellor back who decided he's going to join the rest of his teammates and actually uh, play this Sunday 
and not uh, you know sit out and pout because he wants a new contract after just getting a new contract last year. Uh, so the Seahawks now are one step closer to being a full strength, but um, a crazy, crazy week with the upsets and whatnot. The other, you know, for a crazy scenario, how about this with the Giants? The Giants become the first team in almost a century, okay, to blow 10-point leads in the fourth quarter of both of their first two games and lose. Okay, that hasn't happened in almost a century. I think it's 1925. Okay, that's how hard it is to do that. That's inexcusable. I'm sorry. It, it, it's tough enough to get a 10-point lead. It's tough enough to win in the NFL. That can never happen. Now, the good news for the Giants is the NFC East is now a complete disaster. The Cowboys, yes, 2-0, including two division wins. That's big. That is very, very big. Two division wins for the Cowboys. However, no Tony Romo now for a couple months. Okay, that's obviously a big, big issue. But they have a two-game two cushion and a tiebreaker so far against the Giants and against the Eagles, who are both 0-2. Okay, the Redskins are 1-1. Everyone would have thought they would have been 0-2 after last week against the Rams, but you know, the Rams maybe with a little bit of a letdown after the Seahawks. They go on the road after a tough game against Seattle. You know, going on the road after an overtime game at home is never easy. Eh, whatever. And my point being, the NFC East, even though the Giants and the Eagles, for whom there were big expectations this year, are both 0-2, the team that's in front is 2-0 without a quarterback. So you see, it's left the door open for pretty much everybody right now. Especially if Atlanta beats the Cowboys this week, and then you, see, you know maybe maybe the Eagles could beat the Jets, who themselves are playing real well. The caller on one of the local stations this week referred to the, you know, the guy who punched Geno Smith in the jaw as the, uh, the real MVP of the Jets so far, which is a little bit fucked up, but maybe true. Hey, it's the Jets. What happens to Geno Smith, who just started? Geno Smith just came back to practice. What happens with Geno Smith and the Jets if Geno Smith is ready to play in four weeks and the Jets, after those four weeks, after those six games, are 5-1? and one? Does Geno Smith play? I don't, think there's any, I don't think there's any question that he shouldn't. Not to say he won't, but I don't think there's any question he shouldn't, and I don't think he will. I don't think Todd Bowles will play him. That's just my opinion. So a, a crazy, crazy week in the NFL. And if you're betting these games, especially if you're, if you're a guy who only bets favorites, hey, good luck to you. Good luck to you because you'll need it after this. Because you lost money last week if that's the case. You really, really did. Um, college football real quick. Notre Dame gets a big win against Georgia Tech, a game where they were actually an underdog. They were probably an underdog in this game really just because they had their backup quarterback. Their backup quarterback appears to be good enough uh, right now. He's going to have to get better as the season goes on if Notre Dame is going to run the table the way a lot of people think they have to to make the college football playoff. Um, but you're looking at a very, very crazy weekend again. Um, you know, Alabama is the first top-tier team to take a hit. Um, and Alabama this year, I would not say is that is, is, is really a great team. Uh, I liked them against Wisconsin in week one. They did, they did very well against Wisconsin in week one. But they were actually just, as far as I'm concerned, all they really did against Wisconsin was wear them down. That's, they don't really blow the doors off Wisconsin. They beat them by 17, but they really were able to just wear them down and overpower them, especially in the second half, really with depth, I feel, more than anything else. You don't see the explosiveness out of Alabama. Their defense is suspect, but you don't see the explosiveness on offense. You don't have that player that really scares you. There's not you know, the Eddie Lacy type or the Trent Richardson type that's going to pound you and just keep going. I just don't see it. And once again, they are weak at quarterback. And it's interesting. For as good as Nick Saban is with his recruiting, and as many great players as he gets, he can't get himself a top-shelf quarterback. He can't. He can't get himself a Jameis Winston. Well, Jameis Winston's a bad example. He probably wouldn't want him there. He'd probably be more trouble than he's worth. Um, but, he, you know, he doesn't get a Marcus Mariota. He doesn't get it. And you know what? And they throw the ball at Alabama. You would get your throws in. 
He doesn't get those guys. Those guys, they don't come play for him. I, I'm not sure exactly why it is, but they just don't want to come play for him. Um, not that A.J. McCarron was terrible. He was good enough. Blake Sims was good enough to get you to a college football championship. These quarterbacks are not very good. They're not. I mean, are they terrible? No, they're just not that good. And, you know, against a team like Mississippi, who has been getting it done now with recruiting for a, a solid two or three years, that coach down there, Freeze, has done a great job. The first time in a real long time Mississippi's able to beat Alabama two years in a row. The first time they've won in Tuscaloosa in forever. I mean, absolutely forever. So they're the first team to sort of check out at the top. We all know if you're going to lose in college football, lose early as opposed to late. Maybe Alabama doesn't go away necessarily, but at this point, I think LSU, how about that, is a better team than Alabama. I absolutely do. Um, LSU blowing the doors off Auburn was no surprise. Auburn, Auburn ain't that good, I'm sorry. They were mediocre at best in the second half against Louisville. They had to go to overtime against Jacksonville State. That was no surprise. Um, even though they were ranked number six preseason or whatever, that that's makes no difference whatsoever. Um, the other team from that conference you might want to watch out for is Texas A&M. Texas A&M is loaded uh, with a lot of young players, but still, um, they should handle Arkansas pretty easily this week, who has its own nightmare going on down there right now. And a coach that, listen, Brett Bielema is a coach that used to love to run it up on teams when he was at Wisconsin. Now teams are loving watching what's going on with him down in Arkansas. Only two weeks, but it's two bad weeks. It's two really bad weeks. Losing home to Toledo and Texas Tech, that's no good. I'm sorry. That sucks. And then Ohio State getting a scare going down 10 nothing at home to Northern Illinois. After a pretty flat performance the week before that against uh, Hawaii at home. What do you make of that? I don't know. I don't think anyone really buys the fact that Ohio State's not that good, but they have not performed well the last two weeks. Uh, you know, interesting to keep an eye on. Quarterback play has not been very good there. A team who supposedly had this plethora of quarterbacks to the point where Braxton Miller has to go become a running back because they've got so many good quarterbacks. Now we got a, now we got an issue with quarterback play. So <laughs> you want to talk about an embarrassment of riches? Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches. That is. That is, you know, they talk about a good problem to have. I guess it turned into a bad problem to have. They take Braxton Miller, take him out of the quarterback position altogether. Now they're having a problem with, with Cardell Jones. Yeah, what are you going to do? Hard, hard to feel bad for Urban Meyer. So, but it will be an interesting to keep an eye on. Now, finally, real quick, a little bit, uh, just two baseball things real quick. The AL East now with the Yankees, and uh, today's also the day Yogi Berra passed away, so that's obviously a sad day. I mean, that gives them a little bit of motivation. I guarantee there'll be a win-win for the Gipper speech in that locker room. At, maybe not tonight, but at some point. As they wrap up their series, though, with Toronto, this is turning into a very, very good rivalry. Very intense games. Remind you of the old um, Yankee-Red Sox games when the Red Sox and Yankees were actually both good at the same time, uh, which hasn't happened lately. Um, the, the Blue Jays have not slowed down at all. Okay, they are fearless. Um, they also seem to just love hitting against Yankee pitching, especially the guy that's pitching tonight, Ivan Nova. They seem to absolutely love him, uh, love going up against the Yankee pitchers. They just seem to love facing them, have been absolutely fearless. David Price has been uh, unstoppable, basically, since he got traded over there. And since the Tulowitzki trade, Tulowitzki's been okay, hasn't been great, but the entire team has just been completely inspired. If those two teams meet in the playoffs, that'll be about as entertaining as it gets. Might be a little bit easier said than done, though, because the Yankees, at this point, if they have to play in the wild card, look like they'd have to play the Houston Astros, and that would mean they have to play, they have to face Dallas Keuchel, most likely, in a one-game playoff, a guy who's owned them. Um, the other thing, real quick, um, the Cubs, someone said you haven't mentioned the Cubs all year. The Cubs are right in it in what is probably the toughest division in baseball. Um, you're probably going to send three teams from that division into the playoffs, the Cards, the Cubs, and the Pirates, who I would also look out for. Um, but the Cubs know, the, the biggest thing to know for the Cubs, Jake Arrieta, his last 10 starts, 
less than a .5 ERA. That's your Cy Young Award winner and maybe an MVP candidate for the National League. I know Dodgers fans don't want to hear that, but that's who he is. Your Cy Young, winners, young Award winner has got to be Jake Arrieta. The last guy to go, 10 starts with an ERA of .5 or less, a guy named Bob Gibson. Okay, and that's all the time we got this week on the Air Tag. Thank you guys for joining. Make sure you check out FableLabel.com. Fable Label, come on to the timeless popularity, the T-shirt with modern innovative designs allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, you soon will be. Make sure you check out the Air Attack each and every week with all the great podcasts on HasBeenSports.com, Facebook.com slash The Air Attack, Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. Remember, check out the show on SoundCloud and Blog Talk Radio. This is Beads with Lazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Get home on BC The Man. I'll see you guys next week on The Air Attack. She had a long day at work. 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 She said she wanna She had a long day at work. 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 Kiss on her, I bite on her. That's a flesh bone. Her ass roll to the back of the head. She dreaming. That's a wish bone. I know the secrets. Notorious. I hit her with that. Notorious. That bone and big. You gotta hide and stick. You gotta got a feeling so glorious. Uh-huh. Two pop, hug love, hair pulling, back rub, champagne bottle, child ride. She surfboard in the bathtub. I'm all in and I'm a killer, baby. I'm a Santa pussy to the crossroad. No cell phone, no text message. Winning overtime. That's a busy bone. I take my time, we bump the ground. I got a high like East 99. I talk to her like an instrumental. She done came a couple times. She sober where she liggin'. I'm rubbing on her cleavage. She said, boy, you put it down like bone did for Cleveland. She said she She had a long day at work. 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 She said she wanna She had a long day at work. 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 She said she wanna She had a long day at work. She had a long day at work.